Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel America's number one sports book is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here to talk about, on the bye week, the roster evaluation of the defense is the first tonight. Brian McFarlane is here to do it with me. Brian, how you doing? Good, good, Ken. How are you tonight? Uh, having a good time, uh, as always. Uh, off week, we, we kind of need a rest after mm. that last game, it feels like. That was ugly, yeah, for sure. Yeah, terrible. So, Brian, tell people where they can talk football with you. Sure. Well, I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter at Raven Salary Cap, and then I write the Salary Cap articles for uh, – um, Russell Street Report. I was about to say Ravens 24-7, the old name. Um, so I, I go back to that far. Um, so Russell Street Report. Uh, uh, design, uh, sign was just redesigned. Uh, I like the way the, the salary cap stuff is, I think, a little more user-friendly now. Um, so check us out. I got to take another look at that. I haven't, I haven't been there in a little bit, but uh, uh, that's great to hear. Uh we usually, every time we do this, we, we divide the roster up into five categories. So the first is the young producers. Those are players on their rookie deals. Then developmental players who haven't yet become starters, but they're still on their rookie deal, still have a chance to uh, graduate into something more than they are in terms of value relative to cap. Uh, the market value players, your cap value concerns, we'll get to those. And then other transitional players who don't really have a long-term future with the club, at least as far as I can see. Uh, all of these are, are of my numbers, uh, my uh, division, I'll say. Sure. Brian uh, certainly can, can have his own opinion on these as we, as we go through, and, uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit. But first of all, the young producer category, uh, uh, you know, these are the group of players that really help you beat the salary cap. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're on their, uh, if they're, if they're a draft pick, they're on a, their rookie four-year deal. If they're an undrafted free agent, they're on a three-year deal, but then followed up with the, uh, uh, with the restricted free agent uh, year in the fourth year. So this is where you don't have to pay them a lot. And when they produce, I mean, this has been where the, the Ravens over the years, for the most part, have made their bread and butter. I mean, you know, they've been able to pay uh, guys highly and, um, and then, um, you know, they, they're able to, um, you know, uh, pay the other, you know, that's how you can pay Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and, and John Ogden at the top of the uh, scale and then, um, you know, deal with the other guys uh, and then be able to handle the other guys and handle the cap. Sure. 
Yeah, there you go. So the Ravens currently have four players in this category on defense. Uh, Anthony Averett uh, is, is now starting on the, at the right corner. Of course, Sean Elliott, the, the free safety. Justin Matabike is only in his second year. And Adafi Owe, the rookie. You want as many rookies as you can, of course. There is different gradations of this. It's a, each of these players that comes on and you draft, for example, or, or you bring in as an undrafted free agent, is kind of on a four-year le- four declining value option. So they're worth the most at the beginning of this period – it should be obvious they're worth the least at the end of this period. And this comes up when, when you have a player like Orlando Brown in his fourth year, and the Ravens are in the unfortunate position. They don't think they can pay him. They feel like they have to trade him. And somebody then looks at it and says, well, they're trading Orlando Brown for a draft pick, and it's only a second-round pick. How can that possibly be right? Well, the answer is because you only have one year of Orlando Brown. It's not the rest of Orlando Brown's career. Exactly, yeah. And that's you know that's that's how you, you have to work the cap. And, you know, the Brown situation I think was unfortunate. I think they would have preferred to, you know, have him here this year. And actually at this point, I think we could kind of use him. Um, but uh, and not that he's playing that great in Kansas City either. But I think, he's, I think he was better in this kind of offense than Kansas City's for sure. I think – a lot of Ravens fans could see that coming, but that was a tangent. Sorry, <laughs> but so we're all about the that's right. So um, yeah, but that's how you you know that's how you that's that's how you balance your cap. Uh, that's the, yeah. the bottom line. Yeah, and and when you look at that trade, also, I mean, if you look at it strictly from a 2021 perspective, not a great trade. But then, what their their number four young producer is right, right out there with yeah. four years of yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, time with the Ravens to come. So uh, a, a exciting start for him. Anything to add about those players? Anthony Avery and Deshaun Elliott will be free agents at the end of this year? Yeah, and that's going to be interesting how they handle that. I mean, Averett's played very well over the last, um, you know, we, I don't know we we're expecting to play this well. I know he had that one clunker game, um, mm-hmm. but he's played very well. And, you know, we, the Ravens still have a history of guys exploding in their fourth year and pricing themselves out of the market. I mean, I think the Ravens would have liked him to play solidly. And, you know, maybe he's no more than solid at this point. But when it's a cornerback, it's, that's that's kind of special. So, I mean, they're hard to find, even solid ones. So, you know, that's, that's probably, uh, you know, uh, it, it's always interesting to see what the league thinks. You know, I mean, we always – generally, we kind of value players higher – uh, as fans of our own team than, 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 you know, around the league, but you, sometimes you never know. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, he's right now looking at, you know, maybe he's pricing himself out and obviously it depends on what they do with Peters, depending upon how they feel Peters will recover for next year. He's still under contract for a year. Uh, Elliot, another guy, I mean, I think, uh, he's a guy I think they would have liked to done a pull to Chuck Clark with right now, but there's just no cap space to do so. Um, I think they would have liked to have locked him up before he, you know, became something a little more, uh, you know, uh, and then he'll hit the market. And, you know, again, we'll see. It'd be interesting. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah. Averett, uh, if, if you had to guess right now, where would he be in terms of how you would judge the market for next year? I mean, he could be a guy that could push ten million a year. Uh, I mean, you know, and it, I don't, I don't know what the free agent market looks like. You know, I don't know uh, if it's flush with corners, then maybe that knocks it down. Um, if if he's the only corner, <laughs> if he's the best one, then maybe you know, maybe it pushes to twelve or something like that. Um, wow. So you know, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I know it's hard to believe you wouldn't have thought that before this year, but and obviously he's got to keep it up. Uh, you know, if he if he doesn't, you know, if if he doesn't if he 
has, you know, like that conquer game, if the rest of the season's like that, then, um, you know, that's different. But I, I tell you, last game, I mean, he even when they completed passes on him for the most part, especially in the first half, I mean, he was right in their pocket. And I mean, he, you know, the, the arm was coming down. He just missed the swipe and then, and then, you know, pulled, and brought him right down. So, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that was pretty, I thought that was pretty special. Yeah. Fantastic game. And, and it's against a good receiver in Higgins that, that uh, he really outplayed in that game pretty badly. You know, I look at that game and I say Higgins four you know, had four yards of reception on 16 catches. I think it might've been 65 yards or whatever mm-hmm. it was. So I know it was 15 for 62. That's what it was. And, and I look at that, that cost Higgins some money. I bet it dropped his career yards per target by four tenths. Wow. It's still fairly early for him. Right. So sure. Time to, sure. To, to recover. That's still terrible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, if Deshaun Elliott, the other player, so Anthony Averett, you know, he would have been a guy, and I was probably being unrealistic about this, to think that before the season they'd have been able to sign for, you know, three years, eight million maybe, something like that, where it was a case of, you know, a lot of divisible benefit being on the table and a player really wants security. And maybe they would have been happy with it. Maybe there'd have to be been escalators, but maybe that wasn't reasonable anyway. Well, and if, I mean, if he wasn't starting, it would be, a, it, you know, be a totally different equation. They would know what they thought of him and they would know that they could, they could see this happening, but the league would not have known that. So, you know, and I mean, it's, you know, more power to him. He got his chance and, and, you know, he's taken off. So, I mean, and you know, even last year they were, they saying he was, you know, everybody, I think Ravens fans kind of laugh, but, oh, you know, he's got all pro, you know, um, abilities and everybody's kind of like, okay, what, you know, but uh, not that he's got all, not that he's playing at an all pro level, but he's playing, I think, beyond most people's, most fans at least, expectations. Right, definitely, definitely progressed each year. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, uh, safety, not as highly paid a position as corner. Correct, uh, and it, it might be a place where the Ravens might spend some more money. Now the Ravens have gotten away very cheap at corner. Ozzy always had a great ability to draft cheap dimebacks, but it really extended to cheap safeties everywhere. And to have two sixes on the back end right now is remarkable. Brandon Stevens a little bit more of an investment. You know, a guy they probably hope will be the free safety. Where are you on believing whether whether they're going to let Stevens get that chance at free safety and let Elliott go or that they'll try and make a move and, and keep Elliott? I mean, again, it depends on dollars, I think. I mean, I, I think there is something to be said for the Clark and Elliott are, are more similar players. And, I mean, we haven't had the true free safety since Ed Reed left, really. I mean, the real yep. center fielder. And, and, I mean, obviously you can't compare anybody to him. I mean, you know, no one is going to live up to that. Um, you know, even, you know, I, I guess Thomas was sort of a free safety, but he just, I mean, his play was not that good. So, um, Weddle maybe, Weddle maybe, but yeah, but Weddle at that part of his career was, you know, more bring him down to the line and, and, you know, let him work there. I mean, he was still a willing tackler, but trying had trying to, you know, cover space was not the greatest. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think there's something to be said for that. Now, obviously, it depends on how Stevens plays the rest of the year. How, you know, whether they think they can do that. Um, you know, strong. If, if 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 most teams consider Elliott a strong safety, then maybe the market isn't that great for him um, because you know, strong safeties can you know you, they can play dime and things like that, but they're not they're not necessarily. You, know, you got generally you got a lot of guys on your team that can do that. 
if you got, I mean, if you got depth, I guess I should say, you know, yeah, it's, but it's, the blue chip position by far is free safety. And yeah. we get into these funny conversations where people talk about, Oh, our safeties are so versatile. They can play, yeah, but you know, what it usually means is you don't really have a true center field. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I, I would like, I mean, even this past draft, I was hoping they might be able to, you know, find somebody and next year they've got a ton of picks and, you know, somewhere along the line, it would be nice unless it's Stevens. And if they feel Stevens is a guy that that's great. I mean, obviously it's a learning curve for him because he's gone from running back to corner to now he's playing a little more safety, you know? So, uh, but he does seem to be, you know, from all reports, he's, he's a quick learner and he's a willing learner. So, um, and if he's got the physical traits, then, then that's great. Yeah, it certainly it certainly has played a ton of positions, shown a lot of versatility, even this year in terms of playing multiple positions. That's been good. Uh, let's move on to the developmental group. Now, these are guys. Let me let me just go a little further into this. These are guys that are still have to be still on their first contract, or you can't be developmental because you can't be developing when the when the team's paying market. Right, right. So 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 these are players we still hope can graduate to be key performers and and really beat the salary cap by a lot. Now they're either not beating the salary cap or they're beating it by a little, but they're they're just no these players, they've all got something missing in the game. And when you hear the names, you'll probably agree with me as you hear sure. this. Jalen Ferguson, Malik Harrison, Dalen Hayes, Patrick Queen, Brandon Stevens, Geno Stone, Ardarius Washington, Broderick Washington, and Chris Westry. Right. Let's go through these just kind of one at sure, a time. Jalen sure. Ferguson, unfortunate, you know, he had a really great preseason this year. It looked like possibly a breakout in year three with more playing time. Uh, season hit, he didn't get very much playing time from the very start. You know, just played a few snaps before he was lost to COVID. And then that lasted for, I think, three weeks. Three ago. weeks, yes. Yeah, I mean, he... Um I, I don't know that he's a guy that's on the cutting line per se, but it's going to depend on what they do next year. I mean, if they bring Houston back, um, they bring McPhee back, um, you know, so those are guys that, that, you know, that, that have eaten into his playing time, obviously development of, and we'll get into them, but Dalen Hayes as well um, because Dalen Hayes is cheaper, you know, and that, yep. that's going to matter even, the, you know, next year as well. Uh, and obviously we certainly hope they don't have the number of injuries we, we have this year, um, which is really, really hamstrung them. But, you know, they're still going to be tight because the cap is, while it's going up substantially, it's still going to be 30 below what we would have expected. You know, so those kinds of things, those kinds of things matter. So um, and I think obviously I think COVID was a more serious thing for him than obviously he could with the three weeks. Um, so then it's a question of how quickly he gets back. And now at this point, uh, you know, Hayes, I think Hayes will come back at some point this season. So does he get pushed further down um, sure. the line or if they need cap space, um, you know, there's there's some cap space there. They don't they don't play specifically the same position, but Dalen Hayes, since we're on the outside linebackers, let's let's just stick with him for a second. Um, is, is a Sam linebacker, so that's definitely where they want him to be a backup sure. to Bowser. Um, and and the Ravens like to play Sam's on both ends. Ferguson uh, is really more competing with Owe, but Owe also has characteristics of a Sam linebacker. So Ferguson's going to have a very hard time getting on the field on passing downs. I think in Baltimore over the next several years with three guys with that kind of coverage flexibility. I think sure. that, that, that Baltimore really likes that. So, uh, and, and Martindale specifically. So, uh, you know, it's, it is a tough situation. He, uh, he's also candidate probably to be traded uh, during this off season or maybe before 
before camp breaks to a team that uh, has an injury or two. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it obviously depends on if they draft somebody else next year high or, or you know who they bring back as far as the veterans, for sure. Yep. All right, uh, Malik Harrison, uh, obviously he's had his snaps cut way back now. Uh, now, just to, just to make people you know, follow through, and I think everybody knows where the inside linebacker position is pretty much, but Josh Bynes has taken over the mic role which means Queen, who was the Mike, is moved over to the part-time Will, which is already a position that kind of inherently platoons in the Ravens system because they play dime, and they bring in a third safety to replace him on passing downs. But also he's splitting some snaps with, with Harrison there. They have found a few snaps for Harrison at outside linebacker, but it's difficult for me to see how they'll get themselves out of this box, how you know, they'll go back to Queen maybe being the Mike or maybe even Harrison being the Mike even next year if they decide that Vines is no longer the right guy to have around. Yeah, I mean, that inside linebacker spot um, is going to be interesting how they handle it going forward because clearly, um, you know, the the two second-year guys have been disappointing. Um, You know, that the plan was for them to be the starters uh, pretty much with LJ Fort uh, mixed in. But now, you know, now we're looking at, uh, you know, I don't want to, I hate using the word bust and, you know, uh, seven games into uh, a second year. But, you know, when it's a first round pick, you, everybody's going to look at you that way unless you, you know, light it on fire. And, um, and certainly Queen, at least, uh, well, going back to Harrison, but, you know, Harrison mm-hmm. is, uh, was he a third round pick? Third, third round. Yep. So, I mean, that's somebody in your in your by their midway through their second year. You're hoping they're, uh, you know, they're catching fire and they're going to be a, a you know, more than a, as you have your list, more than a developmental player. You hope they're a young producer. Um, and now between he and Queen, if we move to Queen, you know, they're, we're, we're, you know, I mean, a first round pick especially should not be developmental th- at this point. Um, so, are you at least certainly to ho- you hope it's not the case? So. Um, yeah, so I mean that's going to be an interesting thing going forward. Whether whether it's Bynes or somebody else, they bring or they bring Fort back next year. Um, we'll get to him a little later, but you know whether he's somebody they bring back on the cheap, um, back, kind of as they had hoped it would you know would line up this year. Yeah, uh, it's he's that inside linebacker has been very frustrated, but I, I have been promising my listeners that I'm not going to beat on Patrick Queen overly. I think he's played a lot better at the will, which is another problem for the team because True. they had a great will linebacker platoon in 2018, three years ago mm-hmm. when they had uh, Owasso right. and Young mm-hmm. and Levine all playing at a very high level. Just their combined stats were amazing. Right. Uh, and and yet as soon as Mosley left the equation and they tried to give everybody increased responsibilities, it broke down immediately. Right. Right. Uh, they may be back at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, well, they, could al- they could always bring Mosley back next year, probably, because the Jets will probably jettison him. That's is it, too many years down the road, perhaps. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> it actually is not the worst idea by by any stretch, but he'll have suitors, I assume. Uh, he'll have to stay if- healthy, too. That's been his problem, obviously. But, yeah. Let's move on to Brandon Stevens a little bit because we talked about some of the positional flexibility. A very hard guy to, to even watch tape of in college because at SMU you have to follow his shoes. <laughs> they had a very complex rotational defense where he would play safety, slot corner, and outside corner all in the same game. Okay. And wow. Very, very. in fact, within a series mm. by, by position. So anyway, I, 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 I think he's done some good things, and, he's, and he also has some real problems mm. with, his, with his responsibilities sometimes. The last game he let Perrine out of the backfield 
field for a big uh, first down early in the game on third and eight. I think he mm-hmm. had a gain of 23 or so. And uh, what have you, you know, I don't know that we can do much about prognosticating what his future is beyond, but, but what do you, what would you hope for out of the second year of Brandon Stevens? Well, you know, obviously it depends on if they re-sign Elliott, but I would think um, if if they don't, that's saying that they want him to, you know, to really uh, move into that free safety role. If they re-sign Elliott, I think you'll see a lot of what we're seeing this year, but hopefully, you know, a little more responsibility because uh, if I have it right, Chuck Clark will be a free agent after next year. Ooh. So... You know, then maybe it's a Elliot moves into the Chuck Clark role. Now, again, the leadership part of it, uh, you know, that that that's to be determined who would who would be able to, you know, uh, wear the dot and things like that. Um, but, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, Clark is very much valued for his leadership. But would he be as a, as a free agent? Would he be something that would would demand top dollar? And I'm not sure he or Elliot are in that 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 case. Um but, you know, certainly Wink likes to move people around. So, you know, if they have all three of them again, uh, I think that provides him some flexibility to do some things he wants. I think at some point they certainly want I uh, would like to see Stevens take that center field role over for sure. And that, that in terms of Clark being a free agent, he's to me, I look at all the other guys. In fact, the fourth year guys right now and they're younger than Clark will be at the end of next year when he's coming at this sure. same point. But I, I, I'm. I, I can't even imagine the Ravens defensively without Chuck Clark on this team right now. It's just he's so central to what they do in terms of getting people lined up and in terms of, uh, you know, holding the defense together on the back end. I, I just I, I would think he would be an enormous priority. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you would. And again, it's just, you know, it's 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 what the market bears and what he and his agent think he can get. And now we don't you know, in two years, the cap hopefully will go up substantially. And the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens should be in really great position right now. You know, next year, I mean, if the cap was where it's supposed to be, it would be, you know, 20 plus million more than it is. They have about 25 million. So then you're looking at 40 million and next year and you're feeling, okay, pretty comfortable about that, especially given all the free agents on defense they have. Um, but, you know, at 25 million and now, so if the next year it goes up another 15 or 20, that's nice, but it really still should be, you know, 20 to 30 at that point, higher than that. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to figure out or see, I should say, when we get back to where we should have been, (laughs) you know. Okay. Um, You know, so. So Tell us a little bit about, are we still borrowing from future cap? This is, this year is the borrow year. Okay. So the next year it should not, which should. But when did they borrow from? Well, they borrowed from, well, they, they, they played last year under the normal rules. So they didn't borrow from anything. The, the, the owners foot the, footed the bill. Now it's getting this year. It's getting paid back. And from every, and I'll, they they've never come straight out and say it, but based on where the cap is and where it should have been, it seems like they bar. This is the borrowed year, and it's all this year because it's going up enough. Because they did well enough last year, all things considered. They didn't go down as far as they thought it would go. So the revenues were better. So they decided to take it all this year, it seems. But again, they've never been, they don't announce this kind of stuff. This That's all, you know, between the uh, between the PA and the, and the NFL. So, um, so next year, especially also because all the TV money should really start rolling in next year, uh, the new TV deal. So, 
but they've always they they've always tried to avoid these huge spikes because they never all the you know then all this there's there's too much money almost in the market right. and and you know guys that shouldn't get paid a lot get paid a lot and then that happens some in free agency anyway but it especially would happen in a year like that so they generally t- try to take so over the past in the past CBA everything went up basically ten million a year. They they have smoothing mechanisms though that they could employ to make that happen. I'm sure, and it's it's just an agreement. It's just agreement between the parties, really. And 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 also, they borrowed this past year. They borrowed from some of the benefits that the players would normally get. Um, so they've got to you know that's got to be repaid as well because you know for players that get hurt or retired, you know they they need you know that's something they that, that the PA makes wants to make sure. So some of the new cap increase will go towards that as opposed to the actual salary cap. Right. Okay. Um, let's continue with the developmental players. Geno Stone is the next one. Uh, you know we mentioned was like nobody with true free safety qualities. Okay. He's really the closest on the Ravens. Um, he he definitely plays for the overthrow, unlike other safeties the Ravens have. That's the problem. Not a, it's not a really a problem with Elliott. It's also it's a strength and a weakness. It's a feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Elliott is he he closes and he hits a receiver and it's it's like he can't wait for the football. It's just right. it's, it, it is uh you know his he's about at the you know a very physical player who goes for the hit rather than the ball. And uh, Geno Stone is much more of a ball hawk. And uh, he doesn't necessarily have the speed to play the back end, but we've seen some guys on the back end play with less lesser speed. Weddle, for example, mm-hmm. later in his career, uh, Stone is faster than Weddle, right. and he he has instincts that that I think you know, like I I personally I'm still hopeful uh, that Geno Stone will be a ball player for for the Ravens. Yeah, and I mean it's it's obviously he you know he made the team this year last year he made the team and I think they cut him a week or two in. Um, and then uh, Houston picked him up, and mm-hmm. did he have another? No, Houston picked him up, or did somebody pick him up before Houston. I, I don't, I don't remember I don't, exactly who picked yeah. him up, but he, but he, he got back after the yeah. season to the Ravens, right? So he ended up in Houston, but then he, I think he finished the season in Houston, but they non-tendered him, which, hmm. which uh, for a team that weird. I, granted, that team signed a gazillion veterans for you know pennies. Um, my. Uh, I, my compatriot, who's the does this the Texans cap, was like, "This is crazy because I mean they were signing. I mean I, the trend, number of transactions for that team over the off season was was just. I mean they, there was like forty signings. I mean it was crazy, mm-hmm. but for some reason they non tendered Stone. Now I don't know if there was you know, attitude problem or, or or something like that that maybe was a problem here too, and you know was part of it." But certainly since he's been back and, and whatever happened, maybe that was what he needed. I, and I'm that speculation. But it, that, that non-tendering a guy in his first second year, you give him that chance. You know, you absolutely give him that chance. It's very unusual. He'd be cheaper than the other veterans they were signing if they're signing vet men guys. So, absolutely. You know, yeah, be, I, uh, the question I had about Stone, I have now forgotten. Uh, oh, yes. And now I know what it was. In the Cyrus Jones case, when they brought him back after losing him, did they did they get Geno Stone back on the same four year contract that he originally no, signed? No, so he would be he would be a, a exclusive rights free agent next year. He'll be a restricted free agent the year after. Um, okay, that is if he got a he would have he would have gotten an accrued season last year. He would have gotten because last year accrued season. I think he only needed to be on the roster one. That was one of those COVID yeah. rules. Was it two games? 
Um, no, no, he's a year two guy for sure. He's definitely okay. So yeah. yeah, so so it'll be it'll be that it'll be that uh, you know the third year RFA or restrict. I'm sorry, exclusive rights free agent, and then the RFA. No, because once once he was non ten. Well, he was a, he was an exclusive rights free agent with uh, with with the Texans because we cut him, and I, I guess he. I guess he the one. I think he went on their practice squad, so they didn't pick up his contract. Um, then, when they signed him to their fifty three, that would make him an uh, exclusive rights free agent the following year. And then they non tendered him in, in March. Okay, so uh, he's certainly running out of time, but hopefully he can get on the field and, and do some things. If you're talking about other players with versatility, are Darius Washington back there playing some safety and some and some corner? He probably, he might anyway, be the first backup at slot corner. The other guy who might also be that is Brandon Stevens. Right. Might be the might be the next slot corner if if Tavon isn't here next year. But our Darius Washington, they've done all sorts of things to try and keep him so far, and they've you know yeah. kept a spot on the fifty three for him. Well, it'll be interesting because they only they they've carried fifty one for most of the year because of the cap. They're fifty two now, I believe. Um, it's been, that's been hard to follow yeah, because right. every week and the, who they bring in up from the, the practice squad and then the fifty three is it just an elevation? So, um, so that's. Now they're going to have a, a for the first time they're going to have a little bit of a roster pinch um, with Wolf coming back um, with um, Watkins. Well, well, Watkins, Watkins is Boyle. still on Boyle. Boyle, Watkins is still. I don't think Watkins has been put on IR yet. I think really? he's still on the fifty three. Okay. And then the um, the tackle they just um, signed to the practice squad from Seattle. Uh, oh, Yester, right? Um, and then I mean, it sounds like. My guess is, assuming things go the right way over this week and next week, that he'll probably be – well, he might be elevated from the practice squad as an elevation twice Two times. <laughs> to see how that goes, depending upon who else they might need that week. But if they need three, then it would have to happen. But So that's three guys, and in the next couple of weeks – will be added to the 52. So yeah. there you've got, and that's where a place we'll get back, getting back to Washington. Uh, now injuries will probably play into that. And, you know, um, and, and that's where uh, Watkins could go on IR if they're feeling like we need a couple extra weeks and, and Bateman's playing well, you know, yeah. and that put, you know, that, that means this urgency of bringing him back might, uh, you know, um, not be as important. You know, the, the perverse one that really helped the Ravens in terms of their elevations earlier this year was Ferguson's COVID yeah. being extended because that really I, I don't know how many Andre Smith elevations were of the COVID type, but they yeah. he, he, he had, several times. It was five, he had all three. He, he was so, elevated all three. So, so he had five. Had five he, yeah, so he, he so he's he either he gets added to the 53 or God forbid they have another COVID situation. Right. Uh, but my guess is uh, if a boy comes up. You know, then the, the need for it. And I think I what I see today, I think um, Jeff Zrebeck um, uh, um, tweeted that we have six of the 16 spots or O-line spots oh, right now on the practice squad. So yeah, a bunch some, of tackles. At some yeah. point that and that's with that's with Ely being on not being on there because he's suspended for the next well, he missed two weeks or so he's he you know, so he'll be back eventually. Um, so at some point that that. Um, mix is going to change hopefully because we get a little more healthy and we figure out exactly who the swing tackle is and of course with Macari I guess that's another you know situation where a guy could go on IR at some point 
um, if they because high high ankle sprains are usually more than that's three weeks, six eight weeks. Yeah, right? I mean yeah. that's they're they're going to have to go on IR. I, th- I think they probably have other players who can go on IR. There's just been no need to push IR. Well, right. Because there's not an IR crutch. There's, right. There's a roster crutch. Right. There's an IR crutch, but not both. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I really hope next year they continue because this the the unlimited. Um, IR back and forth is, is a COVID rule for last year and this year. Mm-hmm. Um, during the season, the ridge off the CBA that was passed before, right before COVID, it's only two. Um, but I have to think that most teams see the real utility of this. Right. Um, and they'll want that they're not going to want to go away from this now at this point because it's been yeah. so helpful. No, it's it's what it's wonderful. I mean, it, it affects uh, planning right from the beginning of the season. I mean, the Ravens were immediately they had they cut five veterans or whatever it was this year to make spots, and then they had IR switches, and then they then they had uh, elevations. Yeah. And oh yeah. All of a sudden, the Ravens don't have even have fifty one on the fifty three on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, and I think something else. I've asked my some of my uh, salary cap compatriots what they think um, about the fact that the team is only carrying fifty one, but. The, the, the response was, well, if you got 16 guys on IR, I don't think anybody's going to complain because you still have more teams. Right. You're paying more players than any other team in the league. So, right. you know, now if you were doing that and you, you know, you were doing that to say, quote unquote, really save money because the Ravens are doing it to save cap, not money, um, yeah. then you might have a problem. But it is it is certainly a unique situation. I don't I don't recall any team going this many weeks with not without having a full roster. Right. It's it's uh, it's absolutely unheard of. And, and uh, the, the practice squad elevations are at the heart of it. You know, having that is just a, yes. is just a terrific. And that's uh, not going away. Yeah. That is part of the that is part of the CBA, except for the veterans. Uh, it's it's not supposed to be as many veterans and um, and not it's only supposed to be 14. But um, they did extend it to 16. So, OK. Let's keep going here. Broderick Washington, interesting player because the Ravens have been carrying four defensive linemen a lot. Uh, Wolf is going to come back, and that's going to press who is active each game. I think they'll go with five a fair amount. Uh, by the way, that means an inside linebacker may sit, but, uh, but right. it will mean that, that, that uh, five uh, on the active roster, likely on the defensive line. Broderick Washington um, has played reasonably well this year, I think. Uh, you know, there is there's a, there's a reasonable – look at things might say that Brandon Williams has played a lot worse. Why not play Broderick Washington? But at the very least with Campbell and and uh, Williams likely gone next year, I think Washington has earned himself a 2022 spot. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, again, he's, he'd only been in his third year. So uh, it's absolutely, uh, there's no reason to, uh, I mean, give him a chance if he doesn't work, you know, if he doesn't make the team out of, you know, out of camp next year and doesn't make the 53, then that's a different story. But yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, and he's a kind of guy, I mean, he hasn't gotten a great chance, but he's the kind of guy, I mean, they always seem to find that fourth, fifth, you know, sixth round um, tackle that get, can give you just be solid part of your rotation, not, not necessarily a star, but a solid part of your rotation. Yeah, Pierce was a star, so he, he was right. a DFA. So it's, they've, they've, they've had good success with that. Hey, offensive line, defensive line, you know, inside linebacker for most of their history anyway. They've, they've had real good success yeah. finding players. Yeah, absolutely. Last guy on the list, Chris Westry. So uh, very exciting player in terms of I mean, nobody matches his kind of size and speed characteristics. He's in another size and shape pool from, from most other players. In this league, uh, he'd be highly sought after if he were out there after what he's done with the Ravens in in uh, the preseason and 
and uh, you know, for one game this year, he played a little bit at Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oakland, I keep saying that yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's a guy who clearly has to fit into the Ravens' plans next year. It actually makes it a little easier because it's an old cornerback group. Yeah, it does, and then maybe that's where if you lose Avery, you know, you kind of have a little bit of uh, comfort. Not you know, you're still going to need to back that up, but you know, you've you've got a little bit. You feel a little more comfortable if this guy's there. Um, obviously, they you know they chose him over uh, Nigel Warrior, um, who a lot, obviously played really well in preseason as well. Um, and I, I guess he's still was it Seattle that signed? Yeah, yeah I guess he's still there. Um, I think he was on IR for a while, or might okay. have been at least, okay. and he might be might be getting ready to play. Okay, so yeah, I mean, so uh, and again, he's he's in his first year, so that's a guy you hope blossoms into something. And um, yeah, I guess did he? Oh, when well, well, he said. Is, did he was he just on Dallas's practice squad, or did he actually no, get he, he, he did get a year? So okay. he's in year two. Okay, so yeah, it, it kind of sucks. I felt like we got hosed out of that year, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's that last year. I mean, all the guys that got accrued years just for playing one game. We had that COVID game against the Steelers, and they called all those guys up off the practice squad, and they all got an accrued season towards free agency. Is, is that true? I've asked you about that, I know, before. But Crawford, for example, was a guy who came up for that game. And he's, he's still listed as a year one player. Well, he's he, there's two different parts of it. You have your accrued season, which is your years towards free agency. But then you have credited seasons, which is your salary. Mm-hmm. So they got all of those players who came up got an accrued season, which means they're in the, they're in their set. They're a year. They're a year beyond or toward one year more towards free agency, even though they're making the minimum rookie salary still. Mm-hmm. So well, they'll, they'll have, they'll have a third ERFA year than no RFA year. No, they will have an RFA year. So they, they, so they're, so they are, they are second year um, ERFAs, exclusive rights, free agents. So there, there are, they, they're, they got a rookie season for one game. Okay, so but in terms of what is it, pension or something else, they did not get credit for that. No, um, no, for crude seasons they do. That goes towards pension as well, which was the real. I mean, getting them towards free agency and getting the pension was kind of the trade off the NFL had to give them um, for some of the COVID rules. Well, okay, well these guys can be free agents sooner, and they get a, they accrue a year towards pension um, that they otherwise wouldn't have. But their salary, the NFL got on the back end because the cap was going to be tight. The NFL got, but you're not getting it. You know, the agreement was, but they're not going to give them. And uh, accredited season, which means those guys are making six sixty k this year instead of seven eighty. Which, okay. if they if if, uh, if they got an accredited season, then they would have they would have made the higher amount this year. So they're making the lower amount, but they it's the trade off, you know, uh, of of COVID and the back and forth of how do we help our players and how do we help our cap and you know. So it, it seems like a pretty fair trade. I mean, it's, I think it's better for the players. So I'll take a little less money, but I can be a free agent sooner. Right. That's uh, that's interesting. I wish they would put the accrued seasons in the roster and not the other because the accrued seasons, all that matters to us. We don't really care that much about the extra hundred and twenty thousand. Uh, maybe you do for keeping track of cap. Well, right. right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's made it hard on us because it's like, OK, which one? Is, OK, what happened? <laughs> you know, and it'll in a couple of years, it'll be like, OK, well, I mean, it was that guy there during the pandemic year or, you know. 
There you go. Okay, so I'm sorry. We each have our knees. Maybe maybe there's two problems. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so one out of two there. All right, fair enough. Uh, let, let's move on here. Uh, developmental players, uh, interesting group of cats. The players for at market value right now. Uh, the Ravens have a lot on defense, and they have a lot that are going to be free agents. So to read you the group, Chris Board, Tyus Bowser, Josh Bynes, Calais Campbell, Chuck Clark, Justin Ellis, Justin Houston, Marlon Humphrey, Anthony Levine, Pernell McPhee, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Williams, and Derek Wolf. And of those, nine guys, I believe, I believe it's nine, are going to be free agents. Board, Bynes, Campbell, Ellis, Houston, Levine, McPhee, Smith, and Williams will all be free agents at the end of this season. Yeah, it's um, this is going to be a defensive rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, the defensive line, um, you know, and, and Wolf is not on that list. Um, but, you know, but obviously he's going to have to, you know, earn his money this year, um, so to speak, or he could end up on that list as well, um, as a, as a, as the Ravens choice to be a free agent, not his own. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, some of them, I mean, you know, you got Campbell, I mean, mainly, I mean, I think you're looking at Campbell, will he, I mean, will he want to retire? He's 36, I think. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so he will be anyway. He's he's playing well. You know, um, can you find a reasonable number um, to bring him back? He certainly seems to like playing here. Um, you know, there's some other guys probably. I, I would have thought Brandon Williams would be on that list as well uh, to resign, but he's clearly not played very well this year. Um, so, and I know he's been Ravens fans whipping boy <laughs> for a long time. Um, but, but this time, I, this is the first time it actually, in my opinion, um, fits. <laughs> I would, I would agree. Um, so, I would agree completely. you know, so that's, you know, um, but you know, he still might be a guy that they could bring back on, especially if he doesn't play really well, they could still bring him back on a real cheap as more of a reserve, um, just a veteran presence. Um, uh, but I guess that depends how it plays out the rest of the year. Right. I mean, if you're Brandon Williams, uh, do you want to come back on a one or two million dollar contract or, or even, let's say, a million with escalators to four based on whatever? Well, and I mean, that's that's the question. Does, is, is he, what offer, if does he want to continue to play and what offers is he going to get elsewhere? Um, and a lot of times uh, it's, it's a weird phenomenon, but players will take less to play somewhere else than they will longtime players because they feel like they deserve more from us. Because and he's taken pay cuts over the last two years, so you know that's something where he may say, "Well, you know, if you want me to stay, you got to make that back up to me because I, you know, I, I was the good soldier, and mm-hmm. you know, now that you have more cap space, and you know, then you know, pay me back, or I'll go somewhere else, and if the money's even, or or, or sometimes even less, it's a weird thing. I, I won't take less from you because I've done so much work for you and, you know, I deserve it from you, but I'll take less somewhere else. So that'll be interesting to see. Cutting off their own nose. A lot of these people have homes in town. It's just easier to live here. And uh, I don't know why they do that. uh, Let's handicap some individual players in terms of whether they'll be here or not next year. Chris Board is an interesting one uh, because I think he already, I think is making more this year than I really would have expected. Obviously at an RFA year coming up, good special teams player, not a good year as a linebacker last year, better this year as a linebacker. The Ravens seem to be trusting him with their passing downs. So your high leverage downs, he's certainly want a good player, but still a player that I, I, I don't think he's a $3 million guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know that he's going to hit the, the, the 3 million, um, given that most of it was, a lot of it was incentives 
and, and I have to assume most of that was for snaps on defense. So I, you know, that even though he's getting some, I don't think that's going to be substantial. Uh, but even even uh, at his base, it's one point. It's like one point seven. It's just under one point seven, and that's more than Houston. That's more than McPhee. Um, and I think we both agree that those two are more. I mean, I know they value board special teams play, but I think that I mean, I mean, Houston, they, the deal they got for Houston was a, was a steal. Yeah, and I mean, you know, back when when they first started talking about needing a veteran pass rusher, and I mean, going back into March and April you know, before the draft and they're saying, oh, well, you know, he wanted too much and the Ravens waited him out, waited him out, waited him out. And I got him for more than a less, I'm sorry, less, a better deal, more, more of a better deal than I ever would have dreamed. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, that's bare bones essentially, you know? Um, so, you know, so that'll be, um, so yeah, I board, I don't think he gets that same amount next year. Um, I was kind of surprised he got it this year. Uh, but it was the RFA year, so maybe that's the difference. Yeah, I guess that could be it. it, it could he be, you know, the next Ravens special teamer a la McClendon, uh, McClellan, sorry, McClendon, McClellan yeah. or Levine, who right. is a, you know, $400,000 bonus and a two years at the minimum salary kind of thing. Right. And yeah. on a rotating two-year basis. Right, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, that's what I would have thought he would have gotten this year. I, th- I would have thought it would have been a less average, but it would have been two years to give him a little more security. Um, so, but, and Levine's getting up there in age too, which he, I mean, he's on the list. Um, so, you know, whether it's time to move on from him and board assumes that leadership role on special teams. Cause Levine certainly is not seeing defensive snaps like he was a few years ago, you know, when he was right. actually one year, he's, he saw a decent amount of snaps. So. Yeah, he's a fantastic player in 2018. Just uh, the, the best dime year, at that time, best dime year ever by a Ravens defender. And, mm-hmm. and Clark eclipsed it the very next year. Right, right. But he, but he was a great player. Uh, oh, speaking of Clark real quick, he is under yeah. contract for 22 and 23. So he won't be, a, I, I was thinking he only had one more year. So you'll be happy okay, with that's that. That's great news. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made my night. Cause you really, I was concerned about that. I, you know, I guess another t- player that's interesting to talk about and, and uh, Josh Bynes, in terms of what the Ravens do about this, because, okay, 2019, it was night and day when he came in and saved the Ravens in week five. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it, all of a sudden, you've got a completely different set of linebackers on the field. Right. Flash forward to 2021, it happened again. Right. Go back again to 2020, and even with the draft of Queen and Harrison, I'm feeling like, why wouldn't they keep Bynes around? Because the price is almost nothing, but it might have been a he deserved – he would take less from somebody else situation as you were just mentioning. Well, and he might, he, it might've been his decision too, thinking there were going to be more snaps in Cincinnati um, mm-hmm. than there were here. I mean, I think they did want it back and I, it, if he signed for the minimum, it wasn't much more than the minimum at that mm-hmm. time. So, um, and this year, what did he, was he in Arizona? And uh, I think he was in Arizona in training camp. Carol, Carolina. Carolina. Okay. He was in Arizona yeah. before he came here. Right. The first time or, or his first revisit. Um, so, yeah, so, um, I mean, seemingly that would be a veteran presence that they would want, but maybe, you know, I mean, it depends on, uh, he's obviously going to come cheap, um, mm-hmm. but it's interesting how the guy's out there on, you know, he's out there free and he steps right in and, 
you know, twice now and just, yep. you know, um, so at least settles things down. I mean, I think he solidified it more last time than this time, but he also had LJ Fort there to help him out the last time. And, and Peters came in around the same time. And Fort too. was out there for free too, by the right. way, just yeah. before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it shows you that there are, you, even when you sign guys off the street, you know, in, in certain roles, I mean, you're not going to sign a, a corner off the street and, you know, he's going to step in and play, you know, and solidify everything. But right. certainly with linebackers and defensive linemen, I think on at least the, for the defensive positions, I think you can find those guys. Ellis came in around that same time too. Yeah. At, at, at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I agree with the success they've had. What really makes the picks look bad is the difference in play play speed between these guys. I mean, Josh Bynes ran a 481.40 a decade ago when he came out of school. Mm-hmm. And his play speed is incredibly faster <clears throat> than Queen or Harrison. For that right. matter. And, you know, I'm, I'm still hopeful for those guys, but but they need to, to learn how to diagnose a play the way Bynes does. And Bynes also has caddy cunning with regard to balls behind him that we've never seen from any of the young inside linebackers, Board, Board Harrison or Queen. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful. Anyway, enough Queen bashing. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> Calais Campbell, we, we talked about very briefly, could be a guy who could sign for a year or two. I think so. Would, yeah. you, would you expect a two-year deal with a player like that at his age, where he's trying, to, trying to spread out the cap and make probably, it probably with the lower. I mean, it's 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 almost like adding a void year in that case, um, yeah. without using without technically using a void year. Um, and you know, it's one of those if he if he plays well and he feels like hanging around, and the you know uh, by then I think the cap you know that way it could spread out because the cap should in twenty three should look a little better than twenty two. So could it be a, a you know a eight million dollars guaranteed with a four or five million dollars salary the second year that would be an option for the team? Yeah, that kind of yeah, thing. yeah, basically yeah. just yeah, an option kind of set up. Yeah, or there might he, they might he might even put a an option bonus in there so that the Ravens have to make a decision early on him. A lot of players will mm-hmm. do that, so they have to make a decision before the, the start of the new league year, so that if they don't want him then he can be a free agent then as opposed to them going to him in June and saying, hey, we need some money back or we're going to cut you or something like that when, you know, when everybody's filled their spots. Right. Yeah, it's a good point. And, that's, and then that would also give them leverage to negotiate on lower lower level. Exactly. That that's 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 what where agents where you're paying your having an agent and paying them works because you you want that you want that op, that to force the team to make a decision before the market falls apart. So fifth day of the league year, whatever. Pretty much, yeah. To, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's keep going here. Clark Ellis talked about Justin Houston. Justin Houston, it, it, do, you, do you expect him to get another premium deal or a deal that, uh, you know, at least might be two years, 12 million or something? I, I don't know because does he have three sacks, two sacks? I think he may only have two. I, Maybe might two. Have, Maybe just one. Yeah, and he's a half a sack short, so I think he's I think he's got two, but he's had a lot of quarterback hits, a lot of pressures. Yeah, so and obviously that you know we we fans talk about sacks a lot, but that's something that the teams and obviously the people who pay more attention to that you know that that's 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 key. So um, I don't know that you know if he was looking for eight million you know this past year, um, and a lot will depend as I, I'll say this a hundred times over today or tonight, but, you know, it depends on how the rest of this year plays out. But um, I don't think he's getting eight next year unless he go unless he hit, you know, catches fire and hits 10 sacks. Um, 
And, you know, he he was I mean, he was a kind of a victim of the, the lowered cap because he wasn't a top tier um, guy. And then by the time it was time for teams to look at him, you know, the most of the cap space, you know, cap money had run out for most teams or at least teams are interested in him. So and I think the Ravens, you know, they played that obviously well. We kind of talked about already. But when you look at, you know, um, Ingram going to ten or going to Pittsburgh and now he's asking, you know, he's trying to get out of there because of the lack of playing time. And they paid him more than we, you know, we paid Houston, which is, you know, pretty, uh, pretty amazing. So um, I think he's a guy that would like to bring back. I mean, and um, is he a guy that gets four a year, maybe two years, eight mil? Okay. I mean, I could see that maybe, maybe two ten, maybe two for ten, you know. But that's a kind of deal you can, um, you know, you can work around and kind of like we talked about with Campbell, you know, it could it could be really be a one year deal, uh, you know, um, disguised as a two year that you know if things go right that it still could be two years. Mm-hmm. That's it's what they've got with basically with Villanueva. Zeitler is two for three, right. basically. So a lot of these these deals, there's the expectation that third year won't be taken. You have to kind of look at it for what's the total money out you know, in a two year deal in that right. first year. Right. And then what the dead money might be in the, the last year. You know, that that kind of defines hey, do you need to keep them around another year or is it going to hurt? You know. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, let's let's move on here. Anthony Levine, I think we'd agree, he's probably close to the end if he's if he's not there right now. The Ravens can't have not traditionally had guys who just play special teams. They get, they got guys who play special teams and defense, special teams in some sort of a small role on offense, whatever that might be, backup tight end, you know that kind of thing. But they don't really like guys who who just play special teams. They don't usually keep them. This year with all these veteran running backs who don't do anything else, uh, it's it's really it's really hard to have that those same rules apply now they have some guys like like welch and now boykin playing basically exclusively special teams and a handful of other guys that that they uh they really have broken their own rule in some ways yeah yeah i mean certainly and uh, you know that's um i mean that uh, you know i mean we kind of forget about welch because you look at the roster like oh that's right he's there because uh, honestly i don't pay as much attention to you know who makes the tackles on special teams as long as the tackles made i'm happy you know okay. um so you know so there are a couple guys i mean he's a younger guy for sure in that role so um and he's been he's been active i think every week hasn't he uh as far as i know he might he might have had one one off, in there they've, okay they've uh so yeah they, they've, they they've, he's very important to them yeah yeah uh, let's let's okay. Now we got one more interesting, two more interesting names to talk about. First is Pernell McPhee. Now his snaps have been cut. He's getting the least playing time of the outside linebackers, which this is really the first year that's happened because McPhee was pretty much the last couple of years the best player at just about any element other than coverage that that you could define for for an outside linebacker. So it was a question of they only have so many snaps and they got to figure out how to divide them out. And now it's they got better people. At, at, as pass rushers and right. even as run defenders. Uh, so do you think this might be McPhee's last year in Baltimore? Do you think they, they, they try and keep stretching him out with another another year at the vet men? I mean, I think, you know, at a veteran minimum, I think he's a guy, I mean, you know, obviously he's a guy they can wait and see, um, you know, that part of it will depend on the draft. You know, I don't think he's a guy that gets signed before the draft. I think he's a guy that wants to stay. I think he's a guy they value. Um, so, but I think he's also a guy who's going to want to know before he signs someplace that he's got a legitimate shot. 
he doesn't want to sign in April before the draft. And then the Ravens draft two more uh, edges. And then he's like, okay, well, you know, why did you sign me? So, and the Ravens gave, well, that's the way the draft fell, but you know, which could be honest, but you know, that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, and he probably has to be cut at that point and maybe they cut him anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think he's a guy and I think the limited snaps is probably what they envisioned in the first place. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think he played way more snaps than they, they ever planned. I mean, um, but they do certainly like him. You know, I mean, he's been that inside rush presence at times um, mm-hmm. that they traditionally have, have liked to have that outside linebacker that they sh- they, they shift inside or, or you know or stunt inside depending upon you know what they're what they're doing. So, um, you know, so he's a guy. I think they I think they'd probably like to have back. But uh, you know, again, it, it really depends on how the young guys progress from here. I mean, if uh, you know, uh, you know, understanding their, their different positions. But if Hayes plays really well and Ferguson comes on, then it's and you know, then you've got your you know your younger guys, and you're probably going to draft another one next year anyway, depending upon the round. And then maybe he's you know he's he's a luxury at that point, though he's not expensive. But then it becomes it's just true. roster space, you know. Yeah, that's I think that's really the case. I mean, the Ravens. Uh, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about so far is how few players the Ravens have under contract next year, and a lot of that has to do with all the pending free agency and whatnot. The Ravens, in my opinion, need every one of their draft picks. I don't think they're going to be doing a lot of trading up in the draft. I think if anything, they might be trying to generate more picks by going down uh, to try and get more players in house. Yeah, and I think that's why last year, what did DaCosta say he wanted? 20 picks between the next between last year's draft and this coming draft, I think is what he had said. And I think he's accomplished pretty much accomplished that. Um, Cause I think they will have 12 picks next year or no, that maybe it's 11. just 10, maybe it's a 10 or 11 because they have traded some of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, um, and of course you got Lamar's, you know, Lamar's first year, which assuming he's signed to an extension next year and, that will we'll get into that in the, the second half, obviously, but that will probably next year will be the cheapest of those years. Um, mm-hmm. So, but still having those, but it, when you're you know drafting guys for four years, it's not just for that first year. It's as as we've said before, it's that while it is declining value as as they get older, it's still cheaper than than, than having veterans in that spot. Yeah, we didn't talk about this at all, and maybe we'll we'll do it now. We'll do it right now. That 2018 draft and the way it has unwound is amazing. Because first of all, one of the great drafts of all time. Mm. Uh, any, I think by any team. But but you look at the the number of players that are still around the league. The Ravens are almost victims of their own success in that draft. Not really victims, because that's the wrong way to look at it. But the fans, you know, deal with a lot of heartbreak from having a draft like that because we're going to lose a lot of the players that we we've come to know and love. And and the Ravens actually started unwinding that draft very quickly. The Hayden Hurst deal was just in his second year. Yeah. They they traded him and obviously they I think, you know, you could point to, hey, they have other tight ends ahead of him. I think part of it was they just had a bunch of stacked contracts. They knew were going to come due at the same time. Well, I think that was part of it. I mean, there's, there, there was, there were some reports that he wanted out um, and that they, they, they were willing to listen and they got the right deal. I mean, a second round pick was, I mean, I, and I know they gave up, I don't remember what they gave back to Atlanta with him, but so it wasn't, I don't know if it was a true second round, but it, it ended up being, Relatively in the middle of the round, didn't it? In the middle of the second, fifty-five, I think, was yeah. what they end up getting. So I, I think it would have been probably right because if was, it was a fourth, they gave back. Maybe it was yeah. equivalent of the end of the round or right. something. Right. So I mean, at, at that point, that was probably the best. I mean, you know, that was the best deal they were going to get. It is odd when you trade a first-round pick two years later, um, but 
um, if you don't want to play here, he doesn't want to play here. And if you can get something for him, I mean, obviously he's got to play here. He's under contract. Um, mm-hmm. But if you can, you know, if you can find something, um, obviously, and then you get Brown, it's the same thing. Guy doesn't want to be here anymore because he wants to play left tackle or, you know, wants to make the money. I'm not sure that's going to work out so well for him in Kansas City's offense. But, um, you know, he might have been better off being here and playing in this offense. And then, you know, and then cashing then, in, and then yeah. cashing in uh, whether it was a right tackle if Stanley was healthy or, or then back to left. Um, now, um, I'd certainly rather have him than, than what we have right now, sir, for sure. sure. And I think, and I think this offense was better for him, but so I, though I do, I worry that, that, and I guess you can call Brown a, a special case because it was a legacy and they wanted mm-hmm. to do right by him. And, but I do have a concern about this, letting players dictate what you do, um, mm-hmm. on, especially on rookie deals. Because um, it's good. I mean, he couldn't hold out, you know, and that, what, what was he going to do? You know, what yeah. was, in the end, what was he going to do? Well, and, and I think, I think the Ravens made the choice, even with Brown on that basis. I think they said, Hey, this value is greater than the year, the value of Brown for one year. And right. they, they made the, they might've made the wrong call because of the injuries mounting up the way they have, but they, well, for this, they, as you said earlier for this year, but you get away out of that. Yeah. So, you know, now you've got, you know, you've got a, your hopefully long-term answer at edge, You've got your next Terrell Suggs. Uh, you know, not saying he's going to be that good, but if you get, I don't know, eighty percent of Terrell Suggs over the next ten years, I think you'll take it. You know, so um, yeah. So I think that's that's certainly something that uh, um, I agree. If, it, if it, they wouldn't have traded him in the second year, uh, but it, you know, heading into his fourth, I think you're right about that. Right. So, so that's really the difference between Hurst and him. Hurst, Hurst is the one who, who, you know, had some dictation of it. I'm, I'm, I honestly do think they said we're not getting full value out of Hayden Hurst with our current guys we have, with Boyle and Andrews taking yeah. up more snaps than he is. And, you know, why don't we trade him and get some value back on this? And I thought they, they did a good job with it. I think they got more value than they could reasonably right. have expected. And, and if, and if, and if J.K. Dobbins is healthy right now, you're, you, you know, you take Jake, because that was the pick. J.K. Dobbins versus Hurst, yeah, um, you know, um, in, in, a, in, a in a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So uh, let's move on to the veteran cap value concerns. Two guys, Marcus Peters and Tavon Young in this group. I think either of them, because of large uh, base salaries next year, are uh, potential cap cuts. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is going to depend on the younger guys. Um, if, if, if they can re-sign Averett for a, you know, a decent deal, um, then that's certainly a possibility. Um, and you know, with some of the younger guys, they were, of course, they could, you know, what, depending on how the draft goes, Peters is an interesting guy just because his teammates love him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, Humphrey talked about last year about just learning from him, you know, his, his study and things like that. But he's also a guy that seems to wear out his welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's on his third team and he's in his fifth year, you know, uh, and he's supremely talented. And I know some of that is his, you know, he his probably his talking and, you know, um, sometimes he gets a couple stupid penalties here and there, you know, those kinds of things. But, um, he sounds like he'd like this. I mean, he sounds like he'd like to be here. And I think they, you know, so I, and again, of course, of course how's the injury, how's he going to recover from the injury? Sure. 
Um, both, both sides are saying the right things, and that's what you would expect right, to happen right. now from an intelligent player. Uh, you know, Peters is great for this defense, and Peters probably realizes he's very good in this defense too. It's a, you know, you have a a defensive coordinator who likes to generate fast pressures that creates an opportunity for guys to gamble on the football bar. And he's right. very good at that. And you do, you don't want to have a traditional four man rush team be the worst place in the world for Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that, that where you know you don't know how quickly that pressure is going to get there. Right, right. So I mean, it'll be interesting. I I, I think there's as much of a chance, and I'd have to put all these. I have to think these through, this thought through. But there's as much of a chance he gets an extension as he's cut. Really? Yeah. Okay. So handicap that for me. You, know, you said you had to figure right, out so those chances, but let's do it. I, I, yeah. So so cut stays on the contract right. or extended. Yeah. So and are the, is that the is that the entire universe? First of all, I think <laughs> as I talk <laughs> through it, I'll probably come up with something else. But um, but no, that that should be it. Um, salary reduced could be another thing. Well, well, salary. Well, but right. But I, he's he's not going to reduce the salary uh, other than through an extension. So yeah. that's that's part of what I was thinking. They could extend him get some needed cap space um, and keep him around. So, you know, so that's still, let's see the numbers. Uh, I, I would, I'm going to give you a second on the numbers because I'm going to just describe what I'm seeing here. And I love making, making Brian squirm like this, you know, a, a cap expert, certainly a good math guy for certain. And, and I see him and he's, he's really sweating it out over this, <laughs> over this choice, but I'm giving you a little time to handicap this. Give me the, give me your percentages. So I would say there's only a, 20% chance he's cut. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would. Well, and again, if, the only way I think he gets cut is if they re-sign Avery. Because okay. then, then you're losing both of them. And then who's your starter? I mean. Westry comes Westry, back and plays well. well but he, is he you know, and, and they'll see him in practice and all of that. But we, I mean, I. I think at this point we hope we don't see Westry on the field very much because you've got, I mean, you, 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 that means something's happened to Averett or, or, or Humphrey or Tavon yeah. or Tavon. Right. I mean, yeah, cause I guess they could move Humphrey back inside. Sure. So, um, so, you know, we, I, and I think Tavon will get to Tavon, but he's playing, he's been playing pretty well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't think we want to, and that's, that, that changes the, I think that changes the math on him as well, which I would, okay. which I would have said earlier in the, uh, before the season started. So, um, so I'll, I'll say, or right, I'll go to 25% cut. 25% so that, gives me so seven, seven, that gives me 75%. Um, so I would say that then it's 40, 45%. What does that leave me with 30? Yeah. So 45%, he stays under just for stays under this year. That's it. That contract okay. this year. And that gives me 35% that he gets extended. I think it's. I think you're at thirty that he gets extended. Thirty. 30, 30 I'm five, sorry, thirty because right because I jumped that up by five in my head. So, uh, math isn't my strong. <laughs> math isn't actually not my strong suit. So, um, it, it, it for a cap guy, I I would expect it to be a strong suit, and and you're you're probably shortchanging yourself honestly in this <laughs> yeah. thing. So, all right. So so let's go to Tavon because we need to talk about him a little bit here, and and he's a guy who uh, has remarkably, I think, come back to a fairly high level. Uh, all the other things that are going around, a lot of the a lot of the Ravens are being attacked on the outside. They're being attacked at inside linebacker. 
Very little is really running through Tavon. And Tavon's been around the football a lot this year. He's mm. been in the backfield as a pass rusher. Yes, yes. Uh, missed a few tackles, but still, I'm, right. I'm, I'd be overall very happy with with knowing that this was what we get out of Tavon Young. And uh, it's at a discounted price this year. Next year, he goes back to that regular base salary, right? Yeah. So next year, his cap number is is uh, just over $9 million, um, and his salary is just under $6 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's about three three point three million in dead money if he's not here, um, which is not insubstantial. But it's not if if he's you know. And now is he worth is he worth close to six million in salary? I guess that's that that's probably the cash question is probably more than the you know the the cap savings is you know do you want to pay your slot at that point six million? And again, he's got to play. He's got to he's got to stay healthy the rest of the year. That's that's the key, okay. I think. Tell me, I, I, I always have a hard time with this, but I know you'll come up with a good reason. Tell me why I should be concerned about anything but the salary number, because that that prorated bonus already been spent years ago. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So for the, he's in the last year of his deal, so that's true. But when you're looking at what you're saving versus what you're, you know, is it worth – I don't think that number matters either, because $3 million is not that big of a deal. I mean, if we're looking at $8 million, if we're looking at $8 million in dead money – and you're only saving two million, you know that okay. that that's a little that that skews the math a little. And it and honestly, I think part of it sometimes it just looks bad when you're okay. you're you know we're we're cutting this guy. All we're doing is saving, even if it's the last year of his deal, we're only saving two million and we're taking eight million in dead money. Well, it's, it's kind of it is like folding a poker hand late for a small percentage of the pot. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a line there, and and every for every player, it's different. Every team, it's different. Of you know why why you know why not keep him for the extra two million? You know, it's it's worth it in that case. Why are you saving two million? In this case, the three point three million in dead money is is inconsequential. I think because it's it's not a huge number to to want to keep him. To force you to keep him, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, or force you to reconsider, maybe. Um, and but the six, so the six, so yeah, it's it's basically the five point eight million is the is is he worth that? Not just in cap, but in cash. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or do you have somebody who it, in both cap and cash that that's going to be cheaper? Um, mm-hmm. It could you know could Washington step into that next year? You know, I think. I agree. In a you know, in a in a perfect world, they could have kept Warrior and and Washington and let those guys battle it out next year and let let Tavon go. Um, and again, he's got to stay healthy. I mean, obviously, that's that's been his his history. Right. He's got he's got to complete the re- through the rest of the season without any bumps. If he has a bump, he's gone. I mean, I think he's yeah, gone. I, next I year. would agree. I, I, I don't see any way if he misses like the last four games of the year, even that that he's around. Yeah, they uh, just they won't take that chance on that six million. You know, they'll they'll because then again, yeah, then you're sitting next year and he gets hurt again, and you've you know that six million in cap that's that's that you could have used elsewhere. All right, those are two important players to talk about. The transitional group we want to spend a lot of time on: Artara, Alok, seven guys. Uh, the transitional group, by the way, are people I, I players I don't really think have any real future with the Ravens, although usually there's a, a player or two who steps out of that and becomes a player at some point later. We'll talk about who that might be out of this group. Ataro Alaka has been perpetually, it seems like, on IR. For this Speaking game. of t- yeah, injured, yes. <laughs> yes. Aaron Crawford, Khalil Dorsey, uh, LJ Fort, Xavier Kelly, Iman Marshall, and Christian Welch. And I believe of those players... Not sure if Crawford is currently on IR or if he's on the practice squad, but Christian Welch uh, is the only guy who's on the roster. Actually, everybody else is on IR. 
Correct. And, and of those players, give me two that you think might be around in 2022 or might might in the future make a contribution to this team. Um, I would say I can give you. I think next year, if who's going to be around, let's let's do it that way. Uh, Alaka's gone; he's a restricted free agent. They're not paying him two plus million dollars to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he gets a maybe gets a minimum deal, no guarantees to come back and prove he can be healthy and get through preseason and impress a team or you know somewhere. I mean, um, even then, the Ravens would be taking a chance because if he gets hurt again, they'll right. be on the then they're on the up for the salary, right? Yeah. So um, I think Crawford and Dorsey and Welsh will definitely be here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really no reason for him not to be, and probably Kelly in that too because Kelly was just a, yeah. So I think those four are here at least starting at least through into training camp. L.J. Fort could be an interesting guy. Um, you know, they like they like him. They like him as a leader. Um, obviously it depends on what they do with that. Uh, he's a good special teamer, uh, depends on what they do with that linebacker room. If board leaves for for instance, then maybe Fort fits that role. Um, and that way, you, you know, he, he's got, he probably would play, can play more snaps on defense, um, than board would, it, you know? So I think he's got a shot. I think Marshall's again, he's, there's that injury thing. I mean, he's been injured the whole time. So this I don't is, see this how is the, his third year is and he's been year. on. Right. Injuries for three years. Right. So I don't see him back. Uh, Dorsey, they liked a lot as, as Tavon, as, as Tavon's backup before Washington, before he got hurt. And then Washington and, uh, and Warrior, you know, stepped into that role and played well. So I, I think he'll get a shot. Um, but I'm not saying any, I'm not, you know, if, if you look at that list of the guys that will be here because they'd be under contract or under team control. So that takes Ford out. So you're looking at Crawford. Dorsey, Kelly, and Welch. I would say Welch is the only one who's, you know, I could say, yeah, he's got a good shot at, at being on the 53 next year. But I right. think, and, and again, it also depends maybe Crawford or, or Kelly because of, the, because of, because of the, um, you know, because of the, the attrition that will be there on the defensive line. Right. That, that would be my bet is that the team needs to get so much younger on the defensive line and that Crawford and Kelly would be the two. I, I think Fort might be just be too old to return. And that's why I put him in this in mm-hmm. this group. And Khalil Dorsey will be a third year player. So it's not like you have some amount of option value for him. That's exciting being an RFA the year after in 2023 that, that, that makes him a great draw to make the team. Mm-hmm. And you, you and I both know, if you go to the end of the camp, the easiest article right of the entire thing is the probability of fourth and fifth year cuts and, and I'm oh, sorry, third and fourth year players and then being on the bubble at that point. Right. Sure. Formulaic right. easy article right. Yep. <laughs> Brian, absolute pleasure. Yep. To have always, you always fun, for sure. Uh, thanks thanks so much for doing it uh, folks out there if you want to do a 25 years episode uh, give me a DM uh, directly about that something about the history of the Ravens Brian got to get you on for one of those because you'd be great sure uh, you've been I've been, here, I've been here the whole time, time. yep <laughs> <laughs> uh, even a lot of the media guys have not been yeah. and that's what's great about some of the fan uh, people because we, we're we have the absolute 
longest term view of this franchise of anybody longer than the owners because they have to make money they have to keep the team viable longer than the general manager because it's the length of his job that he's really worried about and certainly longer than the coach who's even more short team than that right right so i yeah i really value what i hear from you about the about the ravens uh uh you know franchise building efforts and that's certainly where i put a lot of my effort my focus and in terms of what i do but uh Love having you on, and we're gonna we're gonna immediately be doing another show right now, <laughs> right. folks, and doing this wrap. But uh, Brian, thanks again for being Absolutely. on. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Always. We'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. On film study. Sounds. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.